Hey, everybody, welcome into the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. And, and before the meeting, I sat down with uh, Shea and, and Corey Perry, and we were talking about the situation. And then we started talking about opportunity. And then, you know, those guys were, you know, um, been through a lot. But like a guy like Shea uh, never passed the second round in his career. And we had a chance there. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs> I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him go to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Welcome uh, to the Raw Knuckles podcast, Dom. Uh, awesome to take the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Um, listen, so you four years of college, Vermont. Uh, you turned pro 95-96. You played in Raleigh that year, six games. Then you went to Huntington. Then uh, in the American Hockey League, you played five games with the Cornwall Aces. Now, at that point, what what like went into your decision to go over to France and play hockey instead of trying and pursue it over here? Well, a little bit what I said that, you know, I, I thought it was maybe a little bit too far, but um, uh, having that mindset, maybe coming into college that uh, I wanted to become a an NHL player, you know, would have helped me. I think I, I had a good career and everything. I, I, I was a good player, but um, I didn't want to, you know, be on the bus and travel. And, you know, I, I probably in the back of my mind decided that I was not going to be an NHL player. So I said, you know, I want to I want to see uh something different and I, I had a friend playing and i i left too quick i left too quick uh, the first opportunity i had to leave for europe i did i had a friend and nick perot that was my lineman yeah. in, in vermont left uh, his team uh, for personal reason and they needed uh, somebody to come in at christmas time and i had no idea what league no idea where i was going but he was telling me it's a great place a great city uh, good bunch of guys on the team. Uh, contract. What was that? What was the hockey like? Because you had 105 yeah. points in 27 no, exactly. games. That was uh, <laughs> well, basically. It's a different challenge, and obviously the the level was you know, not that great. But you were the one deciding if your team was winning or losing. So that was a different challenge i mean you, you almost needed to carry the team on your back and your line mates and bring everyone and you know that was for me i took it like a life experience it was uh it was it was great and i had you know i, I had uh, i had to make the difference i had to be carrying the team that's for sure but i made my way up to the you know the best league in france and and then from there it was you know it was pretty good Pretty good hockey. I would compare it to probably the East Coast or something like that, where you know you had we had like uh, ten imports, uh, you know, four Canadians, four uh, Finns, uh, Czech, Slovak, uh, things like that. So uh, playing with uh, ten, twelve French guys, and, and uh, that was a beautiful region, though. Uh, so I was living in you know some really nice places and met 
you know, long life, uh, lifetime friends. Yeah. I still keep in touch. And I won this summer. And it's uh, especially the last last place I played. It's a great, great place. The, the, the rink is on the beach, uh, 30 kilometers from Spain. The weather is great. You know, it's 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 a pretty nice place. So Yeah, that know, atmosphere, right? That atmosphere yeah. for hockey. Like, listen, uh, it, it's funny. Tim played over in Russia. He played in Lugano. And when I retired from the game, I had an opportunity to go to Bolzano. And I didn't. I said, you know, I don't want to take my I, – I always look back and kick myself in the ass. I didn't try that because I want to experience what it would be like to live over there and play in, you know, a league where you only played a few games a week. And uh, it would have been awesome. So, you know, you had that experience, and that's awesome. So you're over there, 2001, 2002, your last year. And then um, what – what happens from there? You leave hockey, and then, um, you know, I don't see you in Halifax till 2011, 2012, the first season. You're there. Where? What did you do for those 10 years after you retired from the game? Well, you know what? That, that last season, yep. uh, we had a, our, our coach at the time had a, a very serious uh, illness, and uh, and basically – uh, Bob Ouellette is, Ouellette is uh, Xavier Ouellette's dad. Yeah. Uh, we were playing together and and our coach got really sick. He couldn't couldn't get out of bed for uh, like two months. And and Bob was a veteran playing there. He was the captain. And so he became kind of, he became the coach. And so me and him were preparing practices, preparing videos and game plans and things like that. And you know, I was involved a little bit coaching over there, helping out junior teams and and things like that. But but that year, where we had that time where we needed to take care of everything, yeah, that's where I decided that you know when I stop playing, that's what I want to do. I want I want to coach, and that was really uh, uh, clear for me. Uh, and, and that that moment, that incident, or that that month, a month and a half, two months that. We needed to run the team. Really, uh, gave me that. Uh, so it gave you the bug. It gave you the bug uh, for, for sure. And, and then, then I came back, um, and uh, I went two years as an assistant at the University of Trois Rivières. Yeah. Um, and we won the uh, Canadian uh, championship there. Uh, that was the last time before this year that the the, the, the university won. And then uh, at the same time, uh, my last year there, uh, we started uh, working on. Getting a junior A team in Joliet, and uh, you know we, uh, we 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 had an expansion team starting in 2004. Um, the L'Action. L'Action. We had a a lot of fun because we started with nothing. So we, we you know, no players, no no jersey, no sponsors, no ice. So I, I touched pretty much uh, every part of the business. Really, even though it's a different uh, level. You know, it was great to set up school system for our players and billets and all that kind of thing. So uh, we had fun, we had success, and then moved on to the Montreal Juniors and assistant and then Halifax. Then with the Mooseheads and uh, Bobby Smith. Was Bobby the general manager at the time, right? Bobby's the owner. The owner, Uh, yeah. He's working closely with uh, Cam Russell, that is uh, the the GM, yeah. 
So you go there and uh, you know, would you have uh, five, six years there, five years there, and then uh, two more. Uh, where where were the last two years, Junior? In Drummondville. Drummondville, that's right. Yeah, sorry about that. And uh, you win the Memorial Cup 2012, 2013. You had some great players there. Um, certainly Drew Ann, McKinnon, coaching those guys. Um, uh, certainly as a coach there on the bench, are you looking at certain guys you just know are going to make it in the NHL? You just know they're making it? For sure. I mean, Nathan and Joe. Uh, Nathan was, uh, you know, when I came in, Nathan – uh, Joe and Zach Fucali, you know, all 16, and they are uh, playing important roles. I think Zach played in that probably, you know, 50, 50 games out of the 68, and you know, McKinnon and Drouin are playing on on top line, and uh, they're 16, and uh, for sure. I mean, Nathan, had, uh, you know, that special drive. Uh, he's, uh, you know, we see him play. You guys know how quick and yeah. fast and skilled uh, and the pace he could be playing at. Uh, you could see that uh, when he was young. Uh, he, he was almost skating the same way. But the only thing is that he needed to learn to uh, uh, slow down at time. Uh, just so he was putting more pressure on his own players by his speed sometimes than on the other team because he was so quick. Guys had about a split second to give him the puck. He was flying by. And so working with him was interesting. He's a, he's a great guy. He's driven. Um, and Joe came in uh, in November when he was 16, his first year uh, before, you know, he started in the midget AAA. And, uh, you know, you could see the skills and really, uh, those guys exploded in the playoffs, and we had a we had a good run uh, in eleven and twelve uh, that really prepared us for the uh, next season because we went you know in the third round, uh, you know, yeah. and and that year we you know we ended up in a bad situation against Quebec, uh, being 0-3 um, in in the second round and having to climb back, and we won in seven and. You know, you, you played at the Calise, um, you know, uh, going and winning game six and seven in the Calise for, you know, 16-year-old guys and young players playing in front of 15,000. Yeah, that's uh, a big deal, right? It's a big deal. And um, so I, I think it really prepared us well for the our big, our big year that was uh, 12 and 13. Yeah, the following year, win the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> What about yourself, though, Dom? Were you at that point thinking, like, what was your thinking about coaching in the NHL? Is that where you're trying to get? Did you ever think about coaching college no, after no, playing there? Like I said, I had the US. a totally different mindset. Um, you, you, you'll find me crazy, but uh, you know, we were t- talking about France, and I remember uh, probably uh, after we played our last game in, in that I played, and I was with Willette, and I, I told him, I said, Bob, I don't know when you're gonna come back. I'm going back. I'm going to be coaching. And when you come back, I want you to coach with me. And he did, like, for four years with Joliet. And then after that, uh, one day, I'm going to be an NHL coach, and we'll make that run together. Um, and, and Bob was laughing. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we're pretty far from the NHL when when you play in France, right? Coaching, 
and everything, but but it's a dream. You had the dream of doing it, and you went after it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I and I believed it too. Yeah, like not only dreaming it, but I believed that that's where I was going, and even you know going through my time, and I didn't have. Like I didn't skip any steps. Like, no, you didn't. I was going to say that you you went through every step. And I listen. I I liken it to kind of like Jacques Lemaire in a sense. Jacques, he 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 left. He went to Europe. He he was a player coach. Then he came back. He coached in college in the states. Then he coached junior, and then uh, pro. And we know what happened there. Now, the before you head to the pro game, we, I just want I got to touch on it because. 2017, uh, you coached uh, the World Junior Canada team. 2017, you you win a silver medal. A lot of people were thinking that, yeah, it's going to be gold. So you win a silver medal. There was some disappointment there, obviously, in Canada. I was living here at the time. I had moved back, and I remember the disappointment. Were you at all worried that, you know, winning the silver medal just wasn't enough and you weren't going to get an opportunity to do it the next year? Uh, not really. Not, not the way we, not the way uh, we've done it, I think. What a game it was against the U.S. in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. The final, I mean, losing in shootout. And, and that was one of the, probably one of the best game played. Uh, it was an awesome game. Crazy. So, no, I was not worried. Obviously, uh, coaching Hockey Canada and the World Junior can be uh, going both sides, right? If, if if you go in and you you finish sixth, uh, it could be the end for you, right? Yeah. But uh, but uh, not that way. Uh, and quickly, I think the next day, uh, I had a talk with Hockey Canada, and they asked me to do it again the following year, and it was pretty fresh. And we were like, do we? Go back in again because you know it's a lot of work. Summertime, uh, traveling, uh, you know, the, for the first part of the season to see players, and you know, one month at Christmas. But one thing that uh, you know brought me back is, yeah, we wanted to leave with gold. And you know, my dad passed away when I was an assistant in Finland, and uh, during the tournament, and you know, without saying anything in my mind, I said, you know. He was a pretty competitive guy, and I, I was like, you know, I got to come back with goal. And that tournament didn't go well. Uh, then I had the t- chance to coach the team for two years. And for me, it was a way to close uh, the, a chapter with my dad and just uh, by him passing during the tournament. It was uh, meaning even more for me to be uh, bringing back that goal because. Uh, it was some personal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal yeah. connection to that, especially with your dad. I get it. And and so you get the silver, then you come back, you get that gold medal, boom. Now, in your mind, where are you going from here? You've, got, you've done it all now in junior, Memorial Cup, and uh, are you getting that opportunity in the NHL? How, how did that come about, getting that opportunity as assistant coach in the NHL? And were there other opportunities for you other than just Montreal. Yeah, it went quick. Um, when we finished the playoff in Drummondville, um, I had, uh, obviously, I had the, the Canadians and, and Claude talking to me. I had uh, Washington that was offering me the, the job in Hershey. And uh, the same day, uh, the Blues called for their farm team. Um, didn't have time to have much talk. I had two offers on the table. I needed to decide in between. 
uh, going to Hershey or, or coming with the Canadians. So um, I thought it was a pretty good opportunity to to, um, to get into the pros with uh, Montreal and, and and being an assistant and seeing how everything is, you know, uh, working and and seeing it from the inside. And it was a great uh, a great opportunity. And, and Claude really gave me a lot of confidence. He let me, you know, he, he gave me a lot of things to do. And I learned a lot, so it was good. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, what was, you know, I, I – I guess how to word this question as a player, you sometimes to jump right into Montreal, the Canadians, like, did you ever think like maybe a year in the farm system as a coach, does that apply to same, like a player like that, you know, cause you're just jumping from a junior kids to like the best of the best and the guys that demand a lot. Like, do you feel like maybe a, a year in the minors? I think you said St. Louis, like, were you considering that at all? Were you nervous? Does that make sense? What I was asking there? It makes sense. And that was the, the decision that I had, or take am I going to the AHL being a head coach or going to the NHL as an assistant coach? And uh, but I was, you know, I was, I felt I was ready. And, and it's, you know, the players are pretty good uh, to judge. And uh, I remember uh, running my first meeting the first time, I think it was uh, before a uh, exhibition game. Uh, and uh, I remember having. You know, talking to the team and everything, and after the meeting, you know, Kerry is pretty uh, quiet guy. He's not there, but he just walked by me and he he, he gave me the fist pump with a wink, and it kind of okay. We can see that you know, yeah, you're gonna be helping us out. And uh, from there, I mean, uh, I felt that uh, you know, I had no problem adjusting and working with the guys. I think you know what players want. They they. They just want to understand. They want to know what what's going on. They they want to see the purpose behind what we do, and, and that's it. So, yeah, you few years as assistant coach, and then um, you end up in twenty twenty one on the twenty fourth of February, getting named interim head coach. Now, when you were named interim head coach. Did that bother you at all? Like, why don't you just name me head coach instead of interim? Why do I have to have the interim tag? What went on there? Well, it went pretty pretty quick. It was a surprise, too. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you never expect, you know, when it's going to happen. Or So, yeah, it was a surprise. Uh, you couldn't I tell? Did. You couldn't tell, like, Claude was kind of having an issue with the players? Because, come on, you're a head coach. You kind of get the pulse of the team. You're an assistant no, no, no. coach, but at the time, did you get a feeling that maybe Claude was kind of on his last leg here? Tough to tell, but we were not playing that great, that's for sure, and not having that much success. And, and, and you know, Burge brought a lot of guys over the summer, and, you know, we had a really good start of the year, and then we had that part where we were not playing well. But I knew we were not playing well, right? But... Uh, you know, never had a talk with anyone, like anything. I was not expecting anything. And then we play in the, in Ottawa and then uh, we, I think we lose in overtime and, and I, and then we're flying, flying to Winnipeg the next day. So we stay in, usually you don't stay in Ottawa, right? You come back, but 
we stay in Ottawa, so we, we I just go up to the room, uh, the meal room, and have my meal, and you know, and then I leave. And, and when I hit the uh, elevator, I, I, I get a call. I get a call from Burge to come and see him. So I stop by my room and drop my bag, but I'm walking to his room, and I'm like, is it? Is it? Is that the reason why? Am I? I am I going out the door? <laughs> No, is it? Yeah, am I out or? Yeah, is it like he wants me to coach or what is it? So, yeah, and he tells me that he wants to uh, get me in and enter him. Uh, obviously, like we don't like it. Okay, that's that's the situation. Um, I take it, and I think uh, for the moment, it's probably uh, for the next few months, it's probably more pressure because how many chances are you are you gonna have right but you know at the end after the Stanley Cup playoff I you know they needed to give me a better contract now yeah that is it would assign me uh, on a three-year deal that year so you take you're, you're gonna take the reins now okay you've been an assistant coach and we know the role sometimes of assistant coach you have to be a buffer between the players and the head coach, and you got to kind of change the diapers and, you know, pat them on the fanny, and everything's okay, boys, don't worry. Uh, big, mean, Claude Julian, uh, you know, you have to be that buffer. Now, you're taking over for him, and you come in that room with those same players, and now you have to instill your system and uh, your values into this team and what you want. How difficult was that? And what was your system? And what were, how, how did you present it to the players when you took well, over? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we flew that day and then, you know, went to Winnipeg and I called the meeting, at, you know, say, let's say at six or seven at night, you know, because you know, we needed to prepare. And, and what I wanted to do is um, just simplify a few things and, and, Make sure that uh, we were really on the same page. So, and and talking with the players, you know, obviously I was going from assistant to be becoming a head coach, but you know we already had a pretty good relation. I think I think relationship and I, I think you know respect was good on both sides. Yeah, and they told them right. Uh, I mean, it's going to be like I'm not against you. Like we're all there for one reason. We want to win. And, and I want you guys to have success. And I believe that that team can be winning the Stanley Cup. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be changing this, this, and that. And we're going to be working together. When I'm telling you, your job is to work. Work at it, right? And I know we're going to be making mistakes, and it's going to take time and so on. But we're going to be putting in the plan. You guys jump in, and you do that. And we, we need to be trusting each other there, and, and we go with that. And, and I think um, from the moment we could have a, at least one practice, I think, you know, we had a good start. And the first, uh, you know, the first uh, 17 games, I think were 9-3-5. and five. We, we have a hard time in overtime, but that's three on three. That's For me, I was preparing the team for the playoffs. So I was not that worried about three on threes. Obviously, you want to win every game, but we had like uh, – 14 games out of 17 or 18 that we were picking up points. And then uh, then we hit the COVID. And then that, that was awesome. 
were you changed? Did you change anything right away? Like systems? Did you like as an assistant? Were you thinking like we need to be more offensive defensively? Like did you change? What, what did you change? Yeah, yeah. If, we if, changed, you, if you uh, didn't change anything, we changed our neutral zone four check. Um, we made some adjustment on the, the D zone just to. Uh, did you play zone D? Here. Did you play zone D or man on man? Uh, it's pretty simple. It's for me. It was a zone. Yeah. Uh, as soon as the puck was going to the blue line, it's a man on man. Yeah. So that was that was. A thing. Now, are you thinking though, Mike? As an assistant, though, are you thinking about these systems? Like this team should play these systems, but you're an assistant and you can't really well, say much. Well, you know, Is when that, you when know? you guys asked me if interim and everything, so I, I really went with everything that I was doing before and that I, that I that I believe. I said, well, I have one chance. I'm gonna do it my my way, right? And, and so, you know, it's, uh, sometimes you know, I like we had a lot of discussions with, as a, as a staff with Chloe, with Kirk, and so on. And you know, I, I I always give my my input, and I didn't hide anything that I was doing before. Um, but uh, so we so we change uh, in all three zones. We we change, and it took time. But uh, I I really believe that. For the team that we had, that was the thing to do at the time. And I think uh, the players needed to be challenged that way, too. Well, you definitely challenged them. And then we know what happened. And you took over there the 38 games that year in 2021. We ended up 15, 16, and uh, 7. Like, it's overtime loss points. With uh, 37 points you put on the board, you end up in fourth in the north. Went to the Stanley Cup final. Just embarking on that playoff series uh, and and that team coming together and dealing with, man, it was unbelievable to watch, Dom, honestly, as a, as a former player. And then now as a, I was in the media at the time, had my radio show. It was so awesome to watch this team. Yeah, it was, what a, what a run. I mean, you, you've been part of, uh, you know, you won in 86 and you had, you know, you had runs before and. You know what you know the kind of feeling that gets into the room and the, the momentum and the everything and uh, let's get with uh, back to Toronto. I mean, you know, down three one, Alex Galchenyuk gives the puck away in Toronto. And I'm telling you, I, I felt like he was a secret agent for the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> and giving that puck away and that series right there just turned on a dime. I mean, Price played unbelievable. But how, I mean, what a feeling was that for you as a coach behind the bench? You've been in a lot of situations. This had to be just incredible for you. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And every win is a, you know, at that time of the year is is a great battle and it's a great feeling. But I think it's uh, the day before that that, that we really uh, turned the corner where we had a pretty good meeting. And, and, and before the meeting, I sat down with uh, – Shay and, and Corey Perry, and we were talking about the situation. And then we started talking about opportunity. And then, you know, those guys were, you know, um, been through a lot. But like a guy like Shea uh, never passed the second round in his career. And we had a chance there. So when we went up to the meeting, I, I talked about opportunity and, you know, the chance that we had to be, you know, being in the playoff, being you know, playing the Leafs and so on. That everything that we talked about the day one, that when I 
came in and I said, I think we can win the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, we have a chance here, so we need to. And you're down 3-1. We were down 3-1. We are. We have our back to the wall. We got to get going because I thought we were playing some goods, but we were inconsistent. We couldn't play uh, that way for 60 minutes. And, uh, you know, Shea had talked after. I, I, I made him talk and Corey and Eric Stahl. And I think we really had a good start of that game five. Like Armia scores two goals. I think we're playing much better for 60 minutes. And then that happened in overtime. We scored quick. And I, I, I think when I got back home and my, my girlfriend told me that, but I didn't remember, but I, I told her, I think we're going to go all the way. Uh, that, that was what we needed, that kind of win. And then, you know, uh, yeah. going and, and winning stand. game seven in, in, in Toronto was, yeah. was special. Yeah, that was incredible. And I always say this. I know you. if you're playing a game seven, you want to be the home team, but the home team has all the pressure. And the visiting team just really doesn't. Just go play. You win, you win. And we know what 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 happened the rest of the way. You know, you go on and and, and win the next round in just incredible uh, fashion. And then uh, Winnipeg, for, you know, you sweep Winnipeg. It's like, are you kidding me? Um, and, and all this, and, and I say this about your your coaching time, all this and dealing with the pandemic, all the nonce, uh, the crazy stuff, no fans. Like, did you ever feel, I, I mean, here's the payoff because you, you're doing well in the playoffs, but did you ever just feel overwhelmed by that? Like, geez, how come it, how come this is happening? No fans. Uh, players sick. This one got COVID. That one. How crazy was that for you? Well, during the playoff, I mean, uh, we didn't have to face that that much. I mean, we did a little earlier bit. in the year. Right? Yeah. With the Armia, and then we went into a, a 25 games in 43 days. But the good thing is that we had more time before the playoff than usual. We have like five, six days to prepare to play the Leafs. And I think that was great for us. Um, you know, we, we started well playing game one. And then, you know, we talked about the rest of the series. But I think that time really got us refreshed and helped us go on that run. Where we paid the price was after. Like, after the Stanley Cup final. After, you know, yeah, coming back in September. But during that time, uh, guys were so dialed in, too. Um, I know we, we wish we had 21,000 in the building, uh, but we could feel the, uh, you know, the passion, and people waiting outside for us uh, after and before and after games. And, you know, we were seeing the images and we could feel it in the city, right? But uh, it would have been great to be having 21 in the, in the building and, uh, you know, and having, you know, people that went through that pandemic and, Coming inside and really enjoying that time together, I think it was a great run. I think people did enjoy it, but in different ways. Yeah, I went to a couple games there, and um, you know they had some of the alumni in. But so the Winnipeg, you sweep sweep Winnipeg, which I think surprised a lot of people. But you guys were rolling. Uh, the big hit on Jake Evans, cheap shot that was. I don't care what anybody says. And and what I didn't like about Shifley when he hit Evans, he didn't take ownership of it. Because here's the deal, and it, it was cheap. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
If I was playing against the Boston Bruins back in our day and a guy was trying to score a goal like that, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I would have mm-hmm. I would have went for him and I would have made him pay the price. And I I just it pissed me off that Shifley didn't take ownership of it. He he said he was trying to stop a goal. I didn't believe that for a second. Well, we didn't like the what happened for sure. And then when you want to stop a goal, you come in stick on puck first. Yeah. Right? So Uh, well, we didn't like the hit. Um, did that but, galvanize your group even more so after that hit? Did did that I, I kind of bring the boys together a little more? Well, I, I think we were pretty. Well, we were in a good uh, momentum at, at that time. I think uh, it didn't hurt us in the sense where <clears throat> it got something else to say. Hey, we, those guys, you know, we were not giving them one chance, right? Yeah. There's no way he's playing again in that playoff round. Yeah, like he's going to be waiting for next year, and he's going to be even maybe suspended for the first game of the year if we do our job and we won in four. So he had to sit for the first game of the year. Yeah. So that was maybe this, but uh, we walked in. Guys were mad. Like you know, we had great leaders and guys like Edmondson and Shea and, and those guys. Like they they were fuming in the room right after, right because you know we got kicked out and the game ended quick. So. Uh, you know, we we just spoke about it a little bit after the game, but more the next day, and that was our goal. Like like the, the only thing we can do first, he won't be playing. Uh, we won't see him. Um, you know, we got to concentrate and we got to be even better than we were. And I think we just kept getting better. Yeah, didn't, didn't Evan score? Evan scored too, didn't he? He, he did score. Yeah. So clearly, he made he it five three. <laughs> That's paying the price. Stopping a goal. Well, that's paying the price to score a goal. Uh, Probably the uh, the hottest goal he ever scored in his life. But, yeah, so you go on the next round and facing Vegas, and and you get COVID, what, three games in? You got COVID, was it? Yeah, in between game two and three. Yeah, two and three. You get COVID. You got to sit out 14 days. Now you're watching, talking – you know, through phone calls and video calls with um, uh, Luke Richardson. And and then, um, God, they end up winning that series. It was it, like, talk about an exciting season. And this fan base was so ready for this. They wanted this. I don't think they expected it. But, boy, when it came, you really got a taste of the buzz in this city, even though it was covid It was still incredible run. So you get the COVID, you're out. How difficult was that? What having a all of a sudden now I got to stay home and watch this thing on TV? No, no, I didn't feel that. Just you know, we go into Vegas. We win one. Uh, we we lose game one, and we win game two. And and I remember waking up uh, before flying the next day, and like I feel a little bit weird, but I do my media and come back home and. The next morning, I'm sitting with my coaches, and and Graham walks in and says, "You got to go home. You tested positive. You got to be kidding me, right? I mean, we couldn't go anywhere in Vegas. We we were not allowed to leave the hotel. We couldn't walk from the hotel to the rink, which was 500 meters. And I I I did that. I said, How can I get it? Yeah, probably a elevator or something like something like that. So. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, what we did is uh, we kept the same uh, 
than usual. You know, uh, my assistants were running uh, PK meetings, Arbley meetings, things like that. Uh, in between games and, and, and before, like, pre-scouts and things like that, I, I would do my part, but by video. Obviously, I, I want to be there. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm not happy about it. And, yeah. Um, but I, I still feel part of it. Even like uh, game three, uh, we win in overtime. You know, Paulie Byron calls me right away when he gets back to the locker room, and he, guys are talking to me on the phone and things like that. So, you know, Corey Perry calls me before game five. He's like, uh, "We're gonna be uh, going in Vegas. We're winning that one." And, you're gonna be coming back and, and and coming back behind the bench at one point with us. We'll stay alive. So you know it's it's we're you know we're working together and I felt part of it. Obviously, I was pissed off because I wanted to be there. But so everybody stepped up. Luke stepped yeah. up. Uh, the the leadership group stepped up. You go to the Stanley Cup final. We know what happened there. End up you come back and uh, the. the Tampa Bay ends up winning the series 4-1. And, and boy, um, you listen, I've, I had the opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. It's awesome. Um, I never realized how difficult it would be to get there. And then I never realized after getting there and winning it, how difficult it would be to get back. Now, yeah. what an accomplishment. And you, Price never won a cup. It's all he ever wanted. Weber, same thing. They get there and you lose it. Boy, that's that really it it seemed like it really deflated those guys. Brendan Gallagher, they were they were just whipped and spent with everything, mentally, physically, and emotionally. You go through that off season, which was really quick. What was it, six weeks? Yeah, yeah, six weeks. And now you're coming back, and all the talk was this team is gonna be so much better because Dominic Duchamp this year is going to have an opportunity to have his own training camp and implement what he wants to with this team. And then, yeah, I mean, you said it. You said you never intended to be here for a few months. Um, you never intended to be just passing through on this job. And then this season started and the craziness happens, right? The COVID, the injuries, how difficult was that on you? And what do you think went wrong? Other than those things, all those difficult things you had to deal with, what went wrong? Did you lose the room? Did the players stop listening? Talk to me. No, no. I mean, it's never fun to to, to be going through that mo those moments, right? Like yeah. Everybody wants to win and everything. But I, I had a good relation with the players. And the thing is, you know, we talked about it. It's a long, really short summer. Uh, guys went to the gym 20, 22 times in six weeks to get ready for a 82 game season. You know, that's so mentally and physically, it's it's hard. And we get all those you know, injuries and so on. So we're facing adversity. And when you face adversity, you need energy. You need you need more, right? If you were missing one, two, three. Well, four guys, five guys, and at one point we were missing 14, 15, 16 guys. Well, we need those guys that are there to be, you know, playing in the chair. They're not playing, used to be playing. You can do that, 
by with energy, right? You can compensate for a while with energy, and then you stay afloat, and then guys start coming back. But, but we didn't have that energy because of everything that happened before. So then from there, confidence, you know, how, how are you going to be facing adversity? How are you going to be reacting? So it's it's not a fun time. And then having, uh, having Burrs leaving, I mean, he's the guy that, you know, puts me there. And then, you know, he leaves and we know everything that happens. So, no, it was a tough, tough situation. But, you know, I, every day, every morning it was coming in. And I was doing everything I could, trying to find solutions or, or you know, talking with individuals or yeah, right. everything. So, I mean, it's tough to see one thing went wrong. Like, it, I think a lot of just, things went wrong. A lot of things went wrong. And, and, and a lot of things that sometimes we don't control. Okay. Um, uh, Looking at this, and I'll go back. You know, you saw the playoffs. Kokanyemi, Romanov, and Caulfield sit out. Do you think, I mean, eventually we saw what happened. They get in. But do you think those kind of guys, that hurt them going into the next year? Did they have an issue with you because of that? Did they kind of hang on to that? Or was that fine? Did they understand it, I guess? Oh, yeah. Well, I sat down with them. Right, and every um, for every one of them, it's different. You know, for KK at the time, I thought he had a really good stretch, and then toward the, maybe the last ten game of the season, like his play was not, not good. He was yeah. The more he was playing, the more like the worse it was getting. Uh, I, and I used at the time, I used it's like you know you hit on the nail, and then at one point the nail starts. Yeah, and to bend. It, and you keep hitting, it won't get straighter. So right. for me, you know, KK understood that. Uh, he, we took a step back with him. He missed one game, came back, had some pretty good playoffs. Uh, for Cole, I think, uh, you know, he was coming out of uh, college. He played a few games with us during the season. Uh, but playing playoff hockey is different. And we... We had those five, six days a week before we started against the Leafs, so we had everyone back from injuries. So I wanted to give the opportunity to those guys, and I want to see, I want to call to see it from a different angle, see the difference between the season and the playoffs. So that was our process with 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 Cole, and I think once he came in, uh, he, he got better and better as uh, the playoff went on. And Romy, young defenseman. Yeah, I get that. I mean, he was up against the guys he was competing with to play. I mean, no question, he was up against it. So the season gets going, all the outside stuff is happening. And then from within, um, at one point, Jeff Petrie comes out and says that in the newspaper, Pittsburgh, that there's a lack of structure in this team now me haven't been a former player coached a bit looking at that saying man this is a shot across the bow it's like basically saying the coach isn't has no control here there's no structure there's no nothing how did you personally deal with that i know how publicly you did 
But personally, what? How did you feel? Were you like, "Come on"? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, I guess so, not. Uh, and um, uh, and then I go back and I I went and and check and read and listen to what he said. He says that, and then ten seconds after, he says, "We know where we need to be, but we're not there all the time." So for me, I'm like. What is this, right? It's it's like we have no structure, and then we know where we need to be, but we're not there. So it's on us, basically. But it's yeah. on the he's saying it's on the coach one minute. Now he's saying it's on us the next. So yeah. So obviously the next day, you know, we address it, um, and we clear we clear that out. If there's one thing, and I, I'm gonna leave it there. If there's one thing. I like to do. I like when things are clear. So anytime I finish a meeting, anytime I talk about something, I ask them. I ask my players, is that clear? Is that we're all on the same page? We know what we're, we're doing and so on. So, you know, I thought, you know, at the time, I just I just think, you know, PD had a, you know, it was a tough situation for him. You know, we, we know about all, all this stuff. And I think he wanted to uh, play better. He wanted the team to play better. Um, I think I see it as a little bit of panic, a little bit from him and, and so, trying to, to figure out a way out of it for yeah. him for the team. Well, you talked about the leadership group you had. And yeah, okay, Weber, there's it not there, but... You still have a good leadership group. Where are they when all this is happening? Where are they? Because, again, head coach has that leadership group. You want them behind you. Where were they when the shit hit the fan with Petrie? Oh, they were there. They were there. But, uh, I mean, it's leadership is it's not auto- automatic, right? Yeah. And, and going through those changes... Um, it takes time to become a leader and to be doing it the right way and, to be, and so on, right? Uh, and obviously when 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 you face situations where it's tough, it's, uh, you face a lot of adversity, it's, it's, it's tough to be a, a leader. And, and sometimes, like, a good example is Tyler Toffoli. Tough one, you know, the Stanley Cup with uh, LA, uh, he comes in here, you know, we go to the Stanley Cup. I mean, he's been through a lot of things. And I remember sitting down with him because he was one of the guys that, you know, was becoming a leader uh, with the guys that, that left. And he's like, damn, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I am, like, I don't, you know, I, I'm learning at the same time, you know, how to handle those kind of situations. And I can tell you one thing, the more it went, uh, you could see Tyler establishing himself as being, becoming the leader of that team. Obviously, eventually, he left for Calgary, but you know it takes time. Like no, you cannot just become a leader like this and then have an influence on the room and and also how you're going to be handling situation. So, you know that was another thing that we needed to face. Is uh, sometimes you think you're you're a leader, or 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 we see guys maybe becoming. Uh, uh, leaders, but once they're put in this those situation, then you know their asshole tightens up. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> right. You know, yeah, no, it's it's tough, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, not an easy situation. There's only one guy wearing a C, right, on the jersey. And... So what what was like as a like just day to day, like coming to the rink when you this is all happening? I mean, I've been traded, I've been sent down, I've been on teams where like you know I, I saw the writing on the wall. Like, how are you? I mean, at, at a certain point, it's got to be tough to go to the rink. Are you actually believing every every day? you might be able to change this or, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you go. Yeah, that was for sure. Like I'm coming in. I said, all right. You know, sometimes you, you know, you, you, you play a good game the, the night before you think, oh, all right, we're heading somewhere. Right. But the, the toughest part for me uh, was like, it seems like every day, like something different was happening. Like what, like at one point it was like, okay, what's going to happen today? Like I'm supposed to have two guys back, and sometimes I was coming back. Oh, all right, we got two guys back, but we lost three. So I, I, I thought we were getting in a better position when we were. I'm leaving this morning, but I come back, we're in the worst position again. Like, and it seems that way uh, all the time, like every day. So, like getting up was like okay, like tough hope, going to the rink, right? Yeah. Well, it's like I hope nothing like. And we have like something positive today, like not <laughs> like just guys coming back, not not guys leaving and and getting hit by COVID or being injured or, or whatever the situation is, right? Well, you had like ten guys had COVID, then you had guys who were injured too, right? And all all the cards are stacked against you. How? Let me ask you, and I got a few more, and then we'll let you go. You've been generous with your time, but so you got. You had all them guys out, and you go from the Stanley Cup final, and now you start this next year, and things start going south. They're not going well. A lot of losing. I know what it's like to come to the rink when you're losing. It's not fun. How difficult was that emotionally on you, going from up there, and now the team is where they're at? Um, were you? Did you feel like you may be in trouble at some point? It's not. It's not easy, right? It's no. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not fun. Like it's yeah. not fun to be coming in and you know, not having success. No. Did you no, kind of feel bad. all alone? Did you kind of feel all alone? Well, a little bit. I mean, especially when Mark leaves, right? Um, yeah. No. Well, then, yeah. When Mark gets fired, then you're there. You're, well, you're out on a branch now, and it's it's cracking. Yeah. So, so there's all of that, but you always like you. you you try to control what you can control and you come in and like try to simplify things for guys who try to just, I you know, trying to help everyone. And, you know, it was a tough situation, not, not only for me, it was a tough situation. Like you look, you look at the, you know, players, um, you know, nobody had the, you know, career year. Uh, so it was, it was tough for, for them too. And, and the other thing is like, we were seen uh, by everyone, by you know the team that went to the Stanley Cup final that was not doing well, but we were not that same team. But we were seen that way. Like the expectations when we started the season is, you know, we were going to be, you know, we're going to keep going with what we done in the playoff, and we're going to keep moving forward. And then everything happened, and. No. Well, you had that confidence, right? I mean, you, you said uh, you were confident that um, when 
the season starts, we will be ready and we're going to have a good season. So you were confident of that going in, obviously, and you've lost some of that leadership. There's no question. And then things start to go off the rails. Mark gets let go. Gorton comes in November. Now, and then he eventually hires Hughes. Um, and you were quoted as saying you wish you knew what they wanted from you, basically. Are they going to rebuild the team here, or do they want me to win? If they didn't come down and tell you, I guess what I want to ask is, why didn't you go up there to Gorton or go to Hughes and say, hey, what do you want to do here? What do you want from me? Do you want me to develop these kids? Do you want me to play the kids, or do you want me to win hockey games? Why didn't you go in? I read the quote that you said they never came and explained that to you. Why didn't you go to them? Um, I asked once, but, you know, um, the situation was not the same at the time. Um, what situation? Well, I mean, we, like, we didn't have many young players. Like, they, they, they didn't start trading guys um, and, and bringing in younger players and things like that, right, uh, when I was there. So, so. Yeah, for me, it was confusing a little bit, just knowing what to expect. Like, I didn't have much um, retroaction on that. Like, I would, you know, but I think it was it was clear for them. Just they, they wanted to just make a change and they wanted to, you know, when you, you come in into a, a situation and you become uh, the new boss and you just want to. You want your people. Was, was this the first time you got fired? Was this the first time you first ever got time, let go? Yeah. I mean, time. you know, it could be like, you know, it's a new situation to you to, uh, to experience too. Like, no, you know, I mean. No, yeah, and it is. And uh, it's uh, it's not fun. But, you know, uh, we talked about myself going through all the steps. And that was, I faced adversity different ways with not being fired. Now I'm facing this and I'm going to take that. It's going to be making me a better coach. The goods, you know, we talked about the playoffs and so on, is a good experience, something that, you know, would stay with me. And the bads, well, you know, I am experience again, right? And I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move forward and I'm looking ahead. And, you know, all those things that we went through, positive or negative, uh, are, make it, are going to make me a better coach. That's okay. How many, um, what do you got, one year left on your contract, Dom? I got this year and next year. This year and next year. So um, does that go into your decision whether you take a job or not? Because you're going to get pretty good money the next two years. Why would you take an assistant coaching job or a um, head coaching job somewhere else for less money? Would you, would you consider doing something like that? Or do you want to? Get the money that's owed you. Or well, is I mean, that too personal? No, no, but uh, I, I'm going to go in, like, I want to go in this situation where it's it's a good fit, right? If it's a, being an assistant with, uh, depending on the coach and so on, the situation, and with people that believe in me, right? If, if uh, um, you know, the, the, the difference between Mark and, like, Gorton and Hughes is... Obviously, Mark had 
a lot of belief in me, right? He, he put me there. Yeah. We went to a run and so on. Um, as a coach, you need you need to be having uh, and be working with people that believe in you. So, um, depending on the role and the situation, if it, if I feel that I can uh, help, if, if I can have an impact, uh, and it makes me a better coach, I'll do it. So to be a better coach, if you look back on your experience here in Montreal, can you look at and be self-critical and say, where did I, I know there was a lot of outside influences, but if you could go back and you're self-analyzing and you say, all right, where did I screw up? Could I have done this better? Could I have done that better? What have you, could, what could have you done better to, well, to, to help your own situation in this well, that, team. That, that's, that's something that we do uh, every year as a coach. If I don't do it, you know, um, like I'm not like I'm not getting better as a coach. And I did the same thing after the Stanley Cup final. I was doing the same thing after my years in junior. And obviously I did the same thing there. Uh, there's always something to take out. Uh, and to learn, the- right? So what did you learn? learn? Well, what- I mean... I, you know, leadership and, and, and to be to be having success in the NHL as a coach and also as a team, you know, building leadership, building, you know, um, for me as a coach is, is really important. I think I think you look at the team, the Boston, there's a reason Boston is always where they're at. Right. I think they have good coaches, but they also have really good leaders. And I think those guys have brought within the years, like the Shara and Bergeron brought the, the, the Marchand and the, now the Pasternak and yep. how they're going to be bringing in the, you know, McAvoy and those. So I think building that um, is really important. And, uh, and there's, there's other things, right? There's situations, there's X's and O's, but like I said, where can you be better though? I get the leadership part, but where, where can you be well, better, if at all? Well, as a coach, I think you know you can you can have an impact on that too. Yeah, right? uh, you you cannot only coach guys on X's and O's, right? You cannot you can be working on preparing leadership and working with leadership, managing people. Yeah, sometimes. Right? Yeah, managing people. Um, you know, I I really uh, have a strong believe in what I do like but it's not necessarily on X's and O's I'm, I'm not like really stuck up on one thing that this is the way we need like it, it needs to be played I think there's there are fundamentals that if you don't do whatever you do it won't work right and I really concentrate more on fundamentals and things that you control than X's and O's so um for me, uh, you know, that's sometimes, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that those are the kind of things and, and, you know, reflecting back that, uh, you know, you need to be uh, even trusting a bit more. Um, well, your time uh, obviously ha- was, you know, so exciting here for a bit. And then the end, uh, not so fun. And what, you know, whenever, I guess coaches get let go. It's not fun. I was in that situation. Uh, I was with the Devils that year with Jacques Lemaire. I got let go, and it was not fun. I understand it for sure. But now uh, moving ahead, what's your ultimate goal here getting back into hockey? Like 
you want to be a head coach again in the NHL, no question, right? No question. And, you know, um, you know I, I always said that, you know, I, I want to be an NHL coach and I want to win the Stanley Cup. And um, that's that's where I'm – That hasn't that's what changed. That's I want to do and that's where uh, I'm going. And, you know, it's a – With it's fans. A, so you want to win with fans. In the <laughs> with fans yeah, with fans. <laughs> and I, you know what I want to do? I want to do like Chris and Lucien did in Joliet and bring the cup downtown Joliet. <laughs> yeah. But this time, I won't do it like those guys. I won't steal it. Yeah, remember that? It's funny. <laughs> were, were you – Wait, what's the story? I was there, right there beside them. You were, huh? No, now, now, listen, I didn't know at the time, but uh, uh, Tim, back when we won the cup, Lucien is from the Lucien Deblois, who I played with, a teammate, was from Joliet, where Dom is from. We had to take the Stanley Cup there that day <laughs> under Molson. You know, Molson, it was a Molson promotion. So we went and we stood and took pictures all day. And I said to Lucien, you know, his dad was in a home. Uh, not far uh, from Joliet. He wasn't feeling well. He, you know, he's near the end of his life. So I said to Lou, I said, man, we'll never get this thing again. Let's steal it. Let we were there all day. <laughs> so he went and got the car. I'm taking a picture. <laughs> Smile. And they had two Pinkerton guards there, right? They got security there with it. And I took the last picture and I ran up the street. I threw it in the car and off we went. Went to see <laughs> Lucien's dad. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, Don, unbelievable to see the look on Lucien's father's face. He was in tears. Yeah. Now, it, it was incredible. And that, that's so funny. Now, how old were you then? Well, I was uh, 13. 13. Wow. So, yeah, I was there. You know, I was a young guy. And I was a young guy. You weren't like, hey, I'm going to go on this guy's podcast. And <laughs> so, I, I did. Like, unbelievable. At some time, right? I'm going to go on this guy's. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I was I was there. And I obviously, I, I knew Lou a little bit because, you know, going to his hockey school and stuff. But to see those guys with the cup and stuff. And for me, that, that that's what I want to do. And, you know, it's a. I, I haven't lost that edge that uh, I had. And, you know, that's. For me, that's the only trophy I have left to win. Well, Dominic, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, I, I only wish things ended better for you here because you deserve better. You're a good person. You're a good man. You're a good hockey coach. And I just hope for you, you land on your feet again and you get that opportunity. And one day you're able to steal the Stanley Cup like I, well, you don't want to have to steal it. They'll <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> You'll yeah, be able well, to bring it back to Joliet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you'll be uh, invited to come with us. Well, I there appreciate it. Dom. <laughs> yeah, Dom, uh, thanks for coming on. Thank yeah. you. Thank awesome. you, guys.